0: On this Friday episode here of Any Given Fun Day, it's with my pleasure to welcome in Brian Hoke, the MLB.com reporter for the New York Yankees, two-time author of the Baby Bombers and Mission 27. So without further ado, let's get into it. Brian Hoke, here we go. This is Any Given Fun Day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. Alrighty guys, welcome to another episode here of Any Given Fun Day, and I'm uh, happy to be with the MLB.com reporter for the New York Yankees and author of two books, The Baby Bombers and Mission 27, Brian Hoke. Brian, what's going on, man? Just hanging out down here in Tampa, Florida
1: where it's sunny and you can't really go out and do much, but uh, yeah, just waiting for baseball to come
0: back. Thank you for having me on. No, of course. Um, We'll just hop right into some questions here. Uh, So First, I wanted to ask, just because you joined the team in 2007 um, as the reporter, and you got to see the team kind of grow and mature uh, those first two years before they won the World Series in 2009. Um, Do you see some of the same things with this this Yankee team, this new Yankee team, maybe moving forward to a title in 2020 as you did with this 2009 team? Well, I think they're they're similar in that.
1: These teams are built to win the World Series, 2009 and 2020. But they're so different because if you remember, 2009, you had the, the core four was kind of aging. You didn't know how many chances they were going to get, you know. And it, what it turned out to be was the last time we saw Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, Andy Pettit, Jorge Posada have a chance to hold the World Series trophy. It was the only time we saw Alex Rodriguez do it. So you had these mega stars on this team. Plus, on top of that, they went out and spent a ton on free agency. You had Mark Teixeira, CeCe Sabathia, A.J. Burnett. Those guys all came in. Uh, Nick Swisher came in in a trade. So you had a lot of big personalities coming into the room, big contracts, big expectations with the new Yankee Stadium. So it's a little different now because now you're waiting for guys like Glaber Torres, Aaron Judge. Um, Luis Severino, you're not going to see him this year. But uh, you had these baby bombers, Gary Sanchez, coming up, and they've been knocking on the door. They've been going in the postseason. They ran into the Astros in 17, ran into the Red Sox in 18, Astros again last year. So it's a lot, a little different. But uh, the one similarity I would draw there is they went out and spent a ton on the best free agent pitcher that they could get in CC Sabathia. And then this year – they did the same thing with Garrett Cole, kind of almost like the icing on top of the cake. So it's not an exact parallel, but I, I think that there is frustration that they've been banging on the door and haven't been able to get past Houston and Boston. This was going to be the year I thought that they were going to do it. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people thought the Yankees were the favorites to win the American League and then uh, go to the World Series, and now all that's on hold. So who knows how that would have worked out otherwise.
0: Definitely. Um, and a follow-up to that is, we, you slightly mentioned it before, that 2009 Yanks team had that core four, Jeter, Pettit, Posada, Mo. Um, yeah. Is there any four players that you could put together on this uh, this team this year that could be the second coming of that core four? Wow.
1: Well, I mean, I, they've got a good group. Uh, it's such a high bar to set to say, all right, who will be the next core four? Because we don't see that. I mean, teams teams would love to have guys like Jeter, Posada, Pettit, and Mo, and we keep those guys together for 20 years. So, I think it's a little unfair to do that, but I think there are definitely guys on this team that they want to build around. I think that you know you start with Judge and Glaber. Uh, Gary Sanchez is a guy who, behind the plate, they want to keep him as their catcher for a really long time. Um, you know, but I think that uh, you know those two, those three guys there, plus a Severino, plus a Garrett Cole, I think could be a core four guy. I mean, I know that. Core four, you talk about homegrown, but I feel like he's been building up to be a Yankee his entire career. I mean, this is a guy who grew up rooting for the Yankees. There's a picture of him down the the right field line at uh, the 2001 World Series as a kid. Uh, You know, Yankee fan today, tomorrow, forever. The fact that he had to go to Pittsburgh and Houston to get to the Yankees, I guess, doesn't make him a core four guy. But uh, I think he's going to be a big part of the Yankees for years to come.
0: Going off, branching off of that, have you been able to speak with Cole at all since he's became a Yankee and hear all this stuff about how he's always dedicated to crafting his game and always a student of the game? Can you vouch for that stuff?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I feel like I got robbed of it a little bit because spring training shut down on March 12, and I, I thought that you know what I saw from Cole in spring training was very impressive. And I, I keep talking about how his locker became kind of the go-to place for anybody who wanted to talk about the art of pitching, and you could tell that just within the first three or four weeks. Uh, it wasn't just the pitchers. Uh, a lot of times, pitchers hang out with pitchers, position players hang out with position players, but I felt like. Everybody wanted to talk to Garrett Cole because there was so much there. I remember watching him throw a bullpen. I think it was his first bullpen. And, you know, most guys get on the mound. They throw 20 pitches and they're done. And Cole had probably a 20-minute conversation with Aaron Boone, with Gary Sanchez, with a bunch of the coaches there. They were just huddling around talking pitching and talking about the art of it. There was another – on the backfield, he was throwing a sim game. And he was pitching against some of his own – hitters his his teammates and the reporters were in the third base dugout and so he got done throwing his inning you know obviously one two three and got got through the inning and he sits down next to Kyle Higashioka and they're going over why did you call this pitch here what did you want to do here what did you want to do that and I was like man this guy's intense I mean it's February 20 or whatever it is and he's sitting here breaking down why did you pitch to this guy this way and so uh, I mean that was just kind of a taste of the way he attacks it and I think it gave me some insight into what has made him so good over his big league career.
0: Sure, yeah. Another question, too. So I know you've been following closely the simulated season. How accurate do you think that it's been so far? I believe the Yankees are sitting at 26 and 18. Um, <laughs> is, do, you, do you think they're being fairly represented? Or do you think the, team, the simulations aren't doing the team enough justice? Here's the
1: problem. The, the, the simulation, the computer, should have Aaron Boone managing the team. But instead, they've got Brian Hoke managing the team. And so I've been the one making the lineups and the the bullpen stuff. And so, no, they're probably better than 26 and 18. I think that Aaron would probably do a better job managing the team. Yeah, I actually – it's a silly thing, and it's just computer. It's a computer game. But it's given me new appreciation for how hard it is to manage a bullpen because you've got to be thinking ahead when to warm up a guy. Uh, Has this guy pitched too much recently? I've been trying to go with – um what Joe Girardi used to do where he would never use a guy three days in a row and he would never use him three out of four so I've been trying to go with that and it's just been it's been fun honestly it, it kind of reminds me where we're supposed to be like the Yankees would have just finished a series at the Trop it's a race and this weekend would be a big showdown against the Astros so it's kind of bittersweet in that I'm I'm getting a taste of what life should have been like in 2020 and where the schedule was going to have us. But, I mean, it's fun to see the numbers keep piling up. And um, I, I think the one thing, the simulation loves Gary Sanchez. He had, a, he had a huge April, and I think he hit, like, 12 or 13 homers. So, um, you know, I, I wish that was real life. I wish we were talking about things that actually happen on the field.
0: So, I, I haven't – I followed pretty closely with it. Where – I know we're sitting only, what, two games, uh, two games in, ahead in the East?
1: The simulation loves the Red Sox. Yeah, the Red Sox are much better than I thought they were going to be. Um, The the Rays are not as good as I thought they were going to be. I thought that the uh, the East, and it still might wind up being uh, in the sim world. But, um, yeah, I thought it was going to be the Rays were going to be the challengers in the AL East, and the Yankees were going to run away with it. And so far that hasn't turned out. But, you know,
0: we'll see. Right. Another thing, too, and this is kind of a fun one here. So I know you've been doing – And include the hashtag, hashtag Pokey Happy Hour. It's been a hit on Instagram. How's that experience, one, been for you? And can we maybe look forward to seeing something like this after quarantine ends?
1: Yeah, I I would love to actually do a real happy hour where we can all, like, get together and actually have drinks and talk baseball. I mean, that's what's so much fun about this game is just getting people together. And there's always stories to tell and stuff. You know, in spring training before – the world changed. Um, I met up with the guys from Talking Yanks and they had the thing in downtown Tampa where we kind of got together and just talked ball. Mike Toppen came and that was so cool to just kind of be talking about this thing that we all love in person and have a couple beers and let your guard down and, and swap some stories. So I guess that's kind of the spirit that I'm trying to do it. Um, yeah, but the, the difference is, you know, it's just me here on my porch here in Tampa and you know, we get some guest stars. My daughters come in and kind of wander in and and add their two cents. But um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to getting back to the ballpark whenever that can be. What if you had to
0: pick a go-to beverage during the happy hour? What would what would it be? <laughs> I've
1: been going with a lot of red wine lately, just because that's what uh, Publix has been sending over. We've been doing a lot of Instacart, and so you get the the nine dollar bottle of red wine and and just go with that. But you know, we've got some Miller Lite in the house, and um, yeah. Just whatever gets you through the quarantine, you know what I mean?
0: Definitely. And you said you were down in Tampa?
1: I'm still here. We never left. Um, yeah, so uh, spring training ended on March 12. And for about a, a week or 10 days, uh, the players were going to stay here too. And, and they had voted unanimously that they were going to stay in Tampa and continue working out at Steinbrenner Field. And I think most guys thought it was going to be a week or two. And then it turned out to be that it was going to be a lot longer than that. And then they scattered and uh, just with the state of New York being what it is, I didn't I didn't feel a, a, an urge to pack up the car and head north. And so we've been trying to ride it out down here. And I don't think anybody really thought we were still going to be here. Um, it's now May 15. Opening day would have been seven weeks ago yesterday. But I mean, we're comfortable. We got a nice setup. At least the weather's warm. I can look out my window and see uh, dolphin and manatee, which is great. But like I said, It's weird being here in Florida because spring training is my favorite time of year. It's just relaxed, chill time. You can go, I mean, the hours aren't crazy. Go out to restaurants, you go out to the beach and right now that stuff's not there. So um, yeah, I I love Tampa, but uh, I I love a different version of Tampa, I think.
0: Definitely. Our, uh, our listeners are primarily from New York and I'm a New York podcast and stuff. Um, How excited are you to get back to New York um, and, is there, you know, are you in any rush or are you just ready to get back to New York or what? I mean, I'm hopeful that we can get back to
1: some semblance of what this season was supposed to look like. I, I miss New York. I love New York, um, but I, I I almost feel disconnected from it right now and just because a lot of the things that I love about New York aren't there right now. Um, you know, the restaurants and going out to shows and going to Yankee Stadium, and um, it, it's just tough. Um, you know, I, I – feel bad because we've got family up there and we're in constant contact so we know what's going on down there and everybody has told us just stay stay where you are like don't there's no rush to come back and so that's hard um, it's hard to know that the people that we know and love up there are telling us that you guys are better off down there and so um, I almost feel like we're living in a different world down here where it's crazy because um, you know we're we're still wearing masks and when we go out and stuff but uh, a lot of people here are just going back to normal beaches are reopened um people are going out to restaurants and stuff. And I'm I'm just I wonder if people are taking it as seriously as they need to, because um I, I am kinda I'm cautiously optimistic that New York that Florida has gotten off easier than New York, obviously, but I am concerned that there could be a second wave coming at some point and um and that would really hurt because Major League Baseball needs Florida and they need Arizona right now if we're going to play some games. And I think that that's the backup plan if Yankee Stadium is not going to be available to the Yankees. I don't know if it will be or not. I know people are optimistic about it. Uh, But I think at least for a spring training, for a second spring training, it would make a lot more sense to have the Yankees gather down here where things are a little more relaxed and uh, and it it seems like they're handling the situation
0: better. So I know that they mentioned there's been this collusion kind of between the uh, actual MLB and then the Players Association about setting up those dates for like the second coming of spring training you know when the yeah. season will actually start do you do you believe that those dates will kind of stick I know it was like a June I, I believe it was early June for uh, the start of yeah. spring training too and then uh, sometime in mid-July for the first regular season yeah everything I we've heard and I'm just going off the
1: media reports much like you are but I, we've heard the, the target date is like a June 10 to get the guys back on the field for spring training. And then July 1st, maybe July 4th. And I get there's significance to, to playing games on July 4, but I, I think that's probably the best case scenario. And if it winds up being more like June, July 15 or August one, even like you can push it back. I, I think that safety is the most important thing. And obviously there's a financial component that they've got to figure out too. Um, but I'm more concerned with the safety of it. You know, how are we going to keep, players, coaches, staff members, traveling party, are the media, are we going to be in the ballpark? Or are we covering from offsite? I, I have a lot of questions that uh, haven't been answered yet. And so I just want, I want baseball back. I want it to be the best situation that uh, it can be. I do believe we're going to have games this year. I really do believe that baseball will have some kind of season Now, whether it's going to be 82 games, whether it's going to be 40, maybe we just do skip right to the playoffs. I don't know. I, I mean, I think, I'm open to anything. I think Major League Baseball is open to anything, and from what I hear from the players, they they're open to it too. They want to play. Um, obviously, they all have individual concerns too. But you know, bottom line, I mean, we we love this game. We miss baseball. We want to get out there and, and do what we do. And um, but it has to
0: be safe to do it. Have you spoke with any of the players in particular on the team since this has started, and how you know yeah. how are they holding up? Has there been some optimism? Um, are they still doing some training, some lifting? Or are they kind of straight off a little bit. I think they've, for the most part, they've gone back
1: in their off season programs. And so I know a lot of guys were thinking that they were going to keep ramped up as though opening day would be say April 15, but once it became clear that that wasn't going to happen, they've gone back into off season mode. And so um, they're hitting the throwing. Uh, we've been getting updates on pretty much everybody. I know that Aaron Boone keeps going over to Garrett Cole's house to throw. And so he's become kind of like his bullpen catcher in a way. And, and they're playing catch and stuff. So, um, yeah, the guys are are doing what they can. We've been getting injury updates on guys. Those are all encouraging. And, um, you know, if and when there's a season, the Yankees should pretty much be at full strength. If there's a silver lining to this whole thing, that I guess that's it. Because if they opened on March 26th, they weren't going to have Judge, Severino, Stanton, um, Paxton, kicks so uh, that's a pretty good group of guys there that it sounds like they're going to get back all of them
0: with the exception of Severino. Just to follow up to that and you kind of just covered it how crucial during these unprecedented times for especially these Yankees you know to have this time off to kind of get healthy and could this help them down the road say you know September October?
1: Yeah well it's it's good especially in Judge's case for example because I mean that was so mystifying to figure out what was going on and what was keeping him off the field in spring training. I think they, they finally figured it out on March 6th. That's when they announced that it was a broken rib. And um, you know, six days later, baseball is shut down. So I think he would have pushed to come back. He was still talking about opening day or or sometime in April. So I think he would have rushed it to come back. This gives him the time where he can kind of just chill. He's not doing the baseball activities, He's not hitting, he's not throwing right now because he doesn't have to. And so I think that, Once MLB and the MLBPA figure out a day, if it it does wind up being June 10, then I think he can kick it into gear and start being ready for spring training. But right now his job is to just rest and get that as good as it can be because you want to avoid surgery. You don't want to – surgery is always the last resort. I mean, remember it was, what, five years ago with Tanaka, and everyone was saying, oh, he should just go get the surgery. Well, he's pitched five years, and he didn't have to have the surgery. So – and he's been pretty darn good. So – I think that with guys like that and with Hicks, who he might be the first guy to have Tommy John surgery and not miss a game, if you think about it, because he played in the postseason for the Yankees. Then he went and had the surgery, and it looks like if the season starts in July, he might be ready. So that's crazy to think that he could have that and bounce back without missing anything. So you look for silver linings during this, but uh, clearly it's a situation that um, everybody wishes didn't happen.
0: One last question before we hit a little rapid fire. I know I'm sure you've probably seen some of the news regarding uh, Blake Snell and what he just said just saying that he really doesn't want to come to play has there been anything like that from the players or has it kind of just been like we want to play because I know some guys are really worried about their health and you know the safety of their families and themselves or is it kind of let's you know take a little bit of a risk but let's go out and play some baseball I think Snell didn't articulate his message very well but I
1: understand what he's trying to say I think he he said it in a very off-the-cuff way. I think that other players have voiced it better, um, have packaged the message better. I think that, you know, like we talked about, I think health is a concern. I think that economics are a concern. And these are major issues. I don't think this is the kind of thing where MLB and the PA are going to sit down and and hash it out in three days. I think it's going to take some time because there is so much at play here. I mean, I know uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred went on CNN last night and he said that if they don't play – MLB is going to lose $4 billion that year, this year. That's crazy. I mean, that, that's, that comes out to about 133 million per team. So um, there's obviously a lot at stake here uh, to get these guys back on the field. But like I said, safety has to be the paramount concern. And so um, I'm personally not that worried about the ball players' health because I mean, these are guys who are in the prime of their careers, 25, 30 years old, but, I am more concerned about. Well, clearly, as we've seen, this can affect anybody, and everybody's at risk to some extent here. But I'm more concerned about, you know, for example, I talked to John Sterling and Susan Waldman on the uh, on the phone this week, and I'm concerned about them. Uh, are they going to be in the ballpark? These are they're in their seventies. John's in, John's 81 years old. You know, do you really want him staying in hotels, traveling on planes? Is that the best way? Or we have to find alternative solutions. Can they do it from home? Um, so I think we all have to be creative and kind of flexible here in this uh, this new world where we're trying to adapt and try and figure out what's the best way to get baseball back on the field.
0: I agree wholeheartedly. And it's been tough, such a tough situation, obviously. But uh, let's let's finish off with a little something positive here. Um, so yeah. what I'm going to do is just do a little rapid fire. Um, I got maybe 10 questions here for you. And I'm just going to ask some stuff about the Yanks kind of give me a quick answer and if you have any explanation to it feel free you know you're kind of ruining where it goes so let's see first let's go funniest yankee
1: funniest yankee uh the first name that pops into my mind was nick swisher i, I loved having swish around but current team um probably tommy canely tommy canely is just nuts man like <laughs> i mean and you've probably seen a little bit of what he's been doing with the video games i think that's been a good window into his personality i think he keeps things light in that room um you know whether you're laughing at him or with him um he's been a good addition to this team
0: most chill yankee
1: most chill yankee first name that came to my mind was greg bird but bird's not on the team anymore but bird everybody i talked to about bird said he just had a slow heartbeat like it was just kind of like whatever very placid uh kind of guy current team uh most chill yankee Uh, You're putting me on the spot here and I'm stalling for time. Maybe, maybe somebody like a Chad green, Chad green is very even tempered and, and kind of nothing seems to rattle him. And so I'll go with green on the current team, but bird, bird was the first thing that came to my mind.
0: Most serious Yankee.
1: DJ LeMayhew, man. I mean, like there is a personality in there, but it's tough to crack it sometimes. And, uh, I, he's just serious. Like, I think DJ would be happy if he can just wake up, go to the ballpark, get three hits, and go home. There's not a whole lot else that he wants to do. And, um, yeah, I mean, that that pretty much satisfies him. So, you know, DJ's one of the guys who stayed down here in Tampa, and he didn't want to go back up. He's got a home in Michigan. Um, he just wanted to keep coming to the ballpark. He said it, keep, it, it would keep him sane if he could just stay in his routine and, and keep hitting. So I'm going to go with DJ. Favorite
0: Yankee to interview?
1: You know, the first thought in my mind was CC Sabathia. Um, I always thought, see, but I guess now we're we're not on the current team anymore. Yeah, wow. So, uh, you know what, Guardy, Guardy, I, I I love talking to Brett Gardner. He's always got something interesting, thoughtful to say. Approachable. He's always around. I mean, he's been around the Yankees the longest of anyone in that room now. Um, so, I, I think that uh, Guardy's my go-to. I think if I need a quote. All right, most personable Yankee. Oh, I mean, Guardi, to some extent, uh, a Judge. A judge, I think, is personable. I mean, there's a lot of good guys on this team. It's not, there's nobody on this team where I say, like, oh, I, I don't want to talk to him. He's a jerk. Like, that, that It doesn't exist in that room. And I think that's a credit to the, the Yankees. They're good about um, teaching these guys that Dealing with the media is part of their uh, kind of day-to-day responsibilities. Like you know, under normal circumstances, we're in the same room as them. Um, I see the Yankees more than I see my family some weeks during the uh, during normal time. So um, hopefully, it gets back to that again. But I, a person a personable Yankees. I mean, Glaber's great. Um, I, I like talking to Voight. Um, yeah, Mike Taufman's a good dude. So, yeah, Hicks, uh, they've, they've got a lot of good dudes. I'm just going – in my head, I'm just going around the diamond and, and trying to pick out guys. So, oh, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, no, it's a good group. I'm most quiet Yankee.
1: Quiet. I mean, I'm thinking LeMayhew, but I'm trying to think if there's somebody else in there. You know, I, th- I feel like Gary doesn't say a whole lot until you talk to him. Um, yeah, Gary, Gary's not too loud. Um, yeah, I don't think Chapman has a lot. Uh, Chapman's not too vocal until – needs to be um, until he has something to say. Tanaka is sneaky funny. Tanaka is quiet, but he, he, he sneaks up on guys, and when he speaks, it's funny. And so um, he, he, he'll chip in a joke every now and then. So Paxton's pretty quiet, I think, but I, I think that there's a competitive spirit burning in there, too, that it comes out on game day. And so he's a different guy the four days where he's not pitching, as opposed to when it, it is his turn to take the ball.
0: Biggest health freak
1: Yankee one that's yeah always
0: worried about like their health or like you know just kind of
1: I mean Sean Carlo is a workout fiend so I got to go with him like he this guy is in the gym 24 7 and he is he knows everything that he's putting in his body um I'm not saying he doesn't have cheat days where he'll he'll eat like chocolate or whatever but um he, he knows down to the calorie what he's doing he, he knows what he's supposed to do in the weight room every single day and so um, whether it's a game day or not, this guy's working out. So I'll go with him. Uh, to well, the last
0: one here, if you could choose one Yankee to have a drink with, who would it be?
1: Hmm. All of them right now, because it would mean <laughs> everything's back to normal, but, um, uh, one, one Yankee to go out and have a few drinks with, I think Voit would be a lot of fun to go out and, and crush some beers with. I think he could get after it. And so, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of choices on that team. A lot of guys who I think would be a lot of fun to go out and tell some stories and stuff. But I'd go know Luke Void. I think that uh, Missouri boy, he, he can go out and crush a few beers with me. And I, I don't think we would stop at just one.
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, folks, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, you know, you've been doing, you do, do a great job with all the stuff that you're doing, you know, on social media and stuff. and i i've been hopping in on the uh hopefully happy hours and stuff like that and oh, i cool. will thank continue to of course thank you um but uh you know we look forward to having you out there again and reporting and um you know hopefully hopefully it comes again soon
1: yeah miss it now more than ever but uh, definitely stay connected and you know we will have baseball again it'll come back i just don't know when
0: definitely oh thank you so much man you got it take care Until next time, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Any Given Fun Day.